Welcome, welcome everyone to the Stiletto Talks podcast, where we continue our conversations of creating collaborative safe spaces for women. Listen, today, your host, Paula Hutchinson, has someone on here. I'm staring at her website right now, and I'm staring at it in, in just awe and, and gratitude. Um, we have Tanya Barnes on here today, and I want to share with you a little bit about what she does before I formally introduce her and bring her into the conversation. Um, a backstory about my personal self. I became a mother at 15. I had an older boyfriend. I um, ended up pregnant, had my daughter. By the time I was 16, my daughter was exactly four weeks old. Um, back in the day, they made you partner with teen parent centers that may have been in your area, your local health unit, as well as your school. So you had to kind of go three deep in order to make sure that you had the resources to help you avoid uh, being a dropout um, and to help you develop a plan for you and your baby, which was great back then, right? Um, of course, we all know the religious connotations that come with a runaway or a teen parent or something like that. And that was certainly present. And I'm glad to say that while I am someone who was able to excel, take advantage of those opportunities and excel, there are so many others that did not have access to those resources. And maybe it took a while for them to actually come out of those situations or they, in fact, never did. It actually got worse. So to that. There are some people that are quietly doing God's work, uh, making sure that people have the resources that they need, that they can get jobs, that they can be educated and that they can feel safe because that's the one of the most important things for uh, young girls, especially if they are in a cross between staying at home, running away or getting into some more at risk activities is the safety and the acceptance. And so we have Tanya Barnes, who has Beulah's Haven. And I am so excited to bring her on and introduce her. She has an amazing organization located in Shreveport, Louisiana. And I cannot wait for her to share what it is that she does, her why behind it. Um, we talked earlier and she indicated that she's shy. So good thing that she can see me, but you all cannot see her. Um, and so that way we can get some good information uh, regarding the services that she does, the need for the services and what the outlook would look like if we did not have these services. So we thank God for having such great people that align. And this is something that's already near and dear to their hearts. And they do the work. There are some silent people that you don't see that are visible and need to be on social media showcasing every five minutes that truly get out here in the trenches and do the work. So they always say real heroes uh, wear capes. Oftentimes they don't wear capes. They are on the inside doing uh, the work that many of us don't even think about from day to day. So without further ado, I would like to introduce Tanya Barnes, uh, owner of Beulah's Haven. Welcome to the Stiletto Talks podcast. Thank you, Paula. I'm appreciative of being here. Great, so, great. So please share with us. Tell us a little bit. I've read it, but of course, I want you to share with us some of your backstory. Tell us how do you get to the place where you decide, I want to create a haven, a safe space for young girls. Okay, so a little bit um, kind of like you, Paula. I was pregnant at 17. And I had a child at 18, 
But the difference is I was in a home um, with a stepfather that did not want me there. So um, I experienced rejection. So at 18, I was out on my own. My mother was still there in the background, um, helping me kind of financially. But as far as being out on my own, trying to find a way um, experience rejection, experiencing low self-esteem, um, trying to make a life for myself, not knowing how to be a mother, um, just being out, making a lot of unnecessary mistakes, you know, just because of lack of knowledge, just not being knowledgeable of looking for love, finding it in some of the wrong places. Um, Because everybody wants to be loved. Everybody wants to be accepted. And when you experience rejection, um, that's hard. And it makes you make a lot of bad choices. So that's kind of where I was. So I've always had a heart for other people that were going through similar situations, you know, and when you've gone through that, you want other people to not have to go through the same situations you've gone through. So it's like, if you know it's a hole in the road, then tell a person that there's their hole and then maybe they can bypass it. So initially I started, um, I worked in Mississippi Job Corps as a female advisor in the dorms. And that's where people used to think that um, job corps was for bad students, but it's not necessarily for bad students. It's for a lot of girls that didn't have homes um, that were kicked out of homes. I don't know. I remember all the names, but I just remember so many of the stories where a mother may have chose the man over the female and put her out or she was being sexually molested and was looking for somewhere to go. And so a lot of times when the females finish their programs there, they may not have had anywhere to go. And so I was used to taking children home with me that needed somewhere to go just to kind of give them safe, to show them something different, to show them love, to, you know, just to love on them, to show them the family doesn't always have to be blood, you know, just to support them. So that's how I kind of got started in taking girls in. Then I ended up, um, that was in Mississippi. I ended up moving to Louisiana. And when I moved to Louisiana, um, one of the things that I wanted to do was foster care. Just because I used to see this Wednesday child where they used to have the children that, you know, wanted to be were orphans. And I thought about adopting and how good that would be, you know, because everybody needs a family, you know. And so I ended up doing foster care and I prayed about it. And it seemed that what I was supposed to do was teenage girls and teenage girls is because that's where the need is. You know, you can always find placement for younger children, but for teenage girls, it's hard because they have attitudes. They've experienced rejection. So their guards are up and, you know, we can be hormonal. And um, one of the things that I realized, because when I first started doing this, I thought that any girls that I brought in my home 
because I've been a foster parent since 2014 of teenage girls, that they would be happy, you know, just happy to be there because I was used to taking girls in and they would be happy there, you know, and, but I found out these girls weren't, they were angry and it, it was different. And, um, through the wisdom of God, just God's wisdom, he showed me that before when I was doing um, job court, those young ladies wanted to be in my home. They needed a place to go and they wanted to come home with me. And in foster care, those girls weren't asking to come home. They were being displaced from their homes, whether good or bad, that was still haunting them. And to move them to another home where they don't know anybody in another area and they're afraid and they're angry and they don't have trust of adults because their first line of defense was family and family let them down so they're not trusting of adults and then they displace homes just because they don't want to get attached to you because they think that as soon as they do something wrong you're going to put them out too so that is the way it is kind of for the teenage girls. And so that's where my passion lies. And I know that that's because that's my purpose. That's the purpose that God has for me. It may not be for everybody, but that that's what it is for me. So in that, a lot of times when the girls um, aged out of foster care, because when I initially started, they didn't have extended foster care. So when they turned 18, then they were on their own. I couldn't keep them in my home because I was still doing foster care and I couldn't have any that were over the age of 18 in there. Um, so then they were out on their own. So a lot of times they ended up being um, homeless, um, sex trafficking, and domestic violent relationships because they needed somewhere to go. A lot of times they tried to go back home, but home still wasn't a place for them. And um, after one of my girls called me and she was homeless and I saw the things that she was going through, then that's what made me want to open up a place where I could have uh, for these young ladies to give them a, a little longer just to kind of get on their feet. Because when you've been in foster care, then you don't get a lot of the basic life skills that you would normally get. You don't get that. You don't get to learn about budgeting. You don't get the job skills. You don't get the um, social skills. A lot of times they're really socially inadequate. Um, they just don't get those things. So I wanted to provide a home for them where they could come and we could just see where they are, meet them where they are, and go from there so we can teach them the basics and help them get jobs and help them um, get job skills and careers. Also get counseling for um, any trauma that they've gone through because most of them have PTSD because of the trauma, because most of the time they've been sexually, physically, or mentally, if not all three, they've gone through all those things. So just letting them know that there are people there that's, um, can be supportive for them, that it doesn't have to be blood, but just showing them a different way of life, you know, trying to prevent human trafficking. Because, you know, when you get these young girls and when they've been in foster care and they may get $30 a month, um, and then 
they get out on their own and here's this man that comes along and gets their nails done or gets their hair done and give them a hundred dollars. They think they've gotten a lot. And then when you look up, they have them on the street selling their bodies, you know? So just trying to prevent that, um, is the reason why I've opened Beauty Safe Haven. Wow, I'm just sitting here in awe, like in awe, because your life story is truly, this has been your life's work. Um, And so, first of all, thank you for seeing the need and answering the call. Often, many of us run from the calling. (laughs) Uh, When we hear a calling or we uh, have a calling on our lives. Some people run from it first before they answer it. But it sounds like you went straight on in. Every time you heard that calling or you got that urge, you made a decision to go on. And I'm going to see what this looks like on the other side, which is great. So first and foremost, thank you for seeing us, for seeing young girls. Uh, Thank you for using your experience as a testimony and as activism, because that is something most people go through things and they forget. You know, we do this at Fender Unions, you know, when you get mad, you have to tell people, you must have forgot. We know you, (laughs) know you, you know, and so we know what you've been through. So there's no need for you to do that. You can be yourself. So I appreciate the fact that you use your experience to activate a purpose within yourself. And it is blessing others and keeping them safe uh, with the resources that you can provide. And you are providing a lot of resources. So, you know, I went on the website and got the super sleuthing. Um, and I saw some things on here that I absolutely love that I've never seen before, too. You had on here about being, um, let's see. I have it. I have it. Okay. Got it. Got it. I'm sorry. Uh, identification of a mentor, helping them obtain their driver's license, um, employ, employment eligibility, um, helping them to enroll in some sort of college program or vocational program. These are big things. You are training these young ladies to be independent, to be self-sufficient, to build them up from the inside out with having their own self-worth. And that will help to prevent them from possibly falling into some of these traps, which are usually finance-based, like you brought up with the $30 to $100. You know, that's a 70% come up. They think they win in, but you're actually about to get ready to lose. Um, I love, I just pulled, you have several others, but those are four that I pulled up. So talk to me a little bit about mentoring because there are a lot of women out here that have a lot of love to give and and may be able to assist but may not always know what's needed if they come to volunteer or to become a mentor with Beulah's Haven and I'm sure that you're always probably looking for positive women who can pour into the young girls um, and help them understand that there are other women that have been through what you're going through and hey I'm another example I'm here to help you as well so walk me through for you, what do you look for in a mentor to make sure that they're safe enough and worthy enough to help um, in this journey to making sure that these young ladies are transitioning into positive outcomes? Um, believe it or not, there's a lot more um, women that have actually experienced foster the care then you would know so um that's always a, a good field especially when 
you see all these women that are doing all these fantastic things. You know, we've had ladies that have had their own modeling company company that has come in and talked to our young ladies about um, just loving themselves because that's one big thing is a lot of times we love other people and looking for love from other people, but we need um, to learn how to love themselves. We had a mentor that comes in that teaches them about um, the dress, dressing for success that bought them um, the clothing uh, attire for dressing for jobs. Um, someone that comes in may know about financial literacy because a lot of times our girls don't know about that. They can come in. We have someone that cooks, you know, um, people that want to come in and volunteer as far as helping the girls learn how to cook. We've had cooking online that has worked real well, but um, now we're looking for someone that may know about gardening um, that comes in, helps as far as exercise and nutrition. Um, just And then all our young ladies really need someone that they can connect with that's a support for them. You know, everybody needs a support. We're not asking anybody to... Um, we're asking people to help our young ladies up, not giving them a hand out, but a hand up. So just to have people that can come in and to talk to the young ladies about um, some of the things that they've gone through. We had um, a Miss Latham that came in and talked to the girls and she used to live in California and used to be on skid row. And um, was there for 17 years. And so she was able to talk to them as far as a mother aspect, because a lot of times, you know, they've gone through all these different um, feelings about their mother not being there for them. And so she wasn't there for her children either. But them seeing her gave them hope, you know, because. She's changed her life. She's given her life to God. She's a mother of the church now. And she talks to them about their life, about staying away from drugs, about um, the men out there and how you can get into these situations. And so when we, I'm looking for people that have um, businesses or just job professions that they can come in that the girls are interested in. A lot of them may be interested in braiding hair. Um, or just whatever field that they're interested in, we try to find someone that's in that field that can kind of be a mentor for them. This is awesome. Um, and um, once we get off of here, I'm going to actually email um, you some resources, a couple of ladies that I know that may be in your area, um, some community organizations um, that actually uh, may speak to all of that. They're always looking for, you know, a way to be a part of, of different opportunities that speak to what you're doing. So I, I think that you all would be great together. And that's what we do with Stiletto Talks. We create these collaborative safe spaces. And just in, in speaking with you now, I definitely um, know of some women that can assist. And even myself, if it's something that I can do online, obviously I'm thousands of miles away from you. Um, but definitely um, 
If it's something that can be done online, I would love to do the same thing because it's important that they hear the voices on the other side while they're going through and being that light and salt that they need um, to help them um, just crave to do better, have that that ongoing craving to do better because I'm a product of mentorship. I'm a community kid. So um, this speaks a lot to me as well. Now, I do want to ask you, uh, Tanya, because I know sometimes in the fight, in the good fight, there are barriers. Those are realistic. Realistically, there are some barriers um, that come up. Um, and when you when you're doing something like you're doing and you're thinking, oh, this is good. This is good. Will this is good spirited. This is helping the community. Surely everybody should want this. But I'm sure it comes up uh, with some barriers. Um without probably getting too political with it because we'll want to stop no uh, ongoing assistance. But talk to me about sometimes what can be a barrier and how do you work to overcome that to make sure that the girls get what they need? Um, well, um, we are a 501c3 nonprofit and finding funding, um, being able to get grants, to have the operation um, of the business to continue to be, to have people to want to support. Initially, when I opened up the business, you know, it's kind of like you tell everybody what you want to do and you have everybody say, oh, that's a good idea. You know, yeah, I want to help. And then when you get out there in that boat, you find out you're out there by yourself. That's <laughs> That's kind of how it was. You know, I did not um, did not realize that finding funding and finding people that really want to help without a financial cost attached to it um, would be as hard as it as it has been for me. So um, initially, when I moved, when I started this. I moved out of my home because when I was praying about it, that seemed like what God here blessed me with the home. I couldn't find anyone that wanted to put up a home. So I moved out of my home when I rented a home to turn Beulah's safe haven for the girls. And I had the sight of what I wanted to do. I just wanted to help. I just wanted to help them. Why wouldn't everybody else want to help? But, um, Everybody don't have that same passion. And I think a lot of times people are not as aware of the need for it. It's kind of like an out of sight, out of mind. So I think our biggest struggle has been um, the finances, getting people to get on board to help so that we have the finances that we need. Well, we hope when everyone hears this, and I'm going to see to that, um, my mouth is probably a little bigger than yours. I'm probably a little more outgoing. Um, I know you said that you're the introvert, but I'm the extrovert probably times 10. So we're going to see what we can do to help assist in making sure that we find some people, even some legislators if need be, to help you all get the funding, at least put you in the front of the eyes of people that can possibly help with that. Because I believe that what you're doing is so important. And ultimately, you're keeping young girls safe. Um, um, 
keeping them safe and equipping them um, where they won't need as much help. Um, You're creating a a space for them to gain their independence, uh, to gain mental clarity, to identify ongoing mentorship, um, to get life skills, soft skills, things that they can not only to be employable, but just productive in life and hopefully productive for their own children. So you're changing the trajectory of communities. That is major. Um, and so we definitely want to make sure that we do our part to put you out there um, and what you're doing um, to make sure that people know that, hey, this is this is somewhere that you may want to invest in. This is some good ground for you to be a part of. Now, I do know that you do have a donation page, but talk to me a little bit about what can people do to donate a sponsor? What are some ways that they can do that? They can go on our webpage, um, which is BeulahsHaven.com and push the donate button if they want to do monetary donation. We also um, have... um, uh, Amazon page for people that do Amazon. We have an Amazon Smile where we get a, a percentage of the donations um, of the products that they may buy. We also have a Walmart page um, for people that may want to donate items. Our home needs everything that you would need in your personal home. Our girls need too. So we have people that donate that way. We have um some people can donate through Zales. We also have, um, those are the main ways. Those are the main ways. And yeah, they're always welcome to call. Um, and we accept gently used clothes, clothing items. Because a lot of times some the girls come, they may not have any. So we try to keep that. Um, we're looking for someone that may be good with um, doing um, the different charities, you know, doing, um, trying to say the word I'm trying to think. Uh, well, the different charities, you know, how they come out. Sometimes the words just don't come to, <laughs> come to my mind, but. Uh, That's Okay. <laughs> Just um, different ideas with ideas of ways that we can raise money, fundings. So that's kind of um, what we have going right now. That's all that I can think of right now. Well, this is great. So we are able to donate by clicking going on the website, EulisHaven.com. Um, and I'll make sure that when we put this out here, that we will make sure that we have the link attached uh, to the podcast site. So that way you all have the ability to uh, do so. We're going to also add it to the StilettoTalks.com page because we just feel like this is really important. Being able to help women, and I'm sure your demographic is probably majority women of color. Um, this is something that is very important and very near and dear. We want to make sure that people are aware of you are a safe resource for them to invest their money in um, because you've been doing this since 2014, correct? No, um, Foster Care since 2014. We've actually been in business since 2019, bringing girls into the home. 
Okay. Okay. Gotcha. So you've been at this for a minute. Now you do have an Amazon uh, smile page. You also yes. have the Walmart page. People are yes. able to donate items, clothing items. Um, and then it sounds like you're looking for the fundraising piece. So you need someone to help you with the fundraising piece to make sure that you yes. have that ongoing support. So yes. that is that is what you need. So Tanya, if you had to give one piece of advice for someone in closing that we, that someone else maybe be thinking like, you know, in my area, this sounds like something that my area could benefit from. What is the one piece of advice that you would have to help them get involved and go further and answer the calling of helping their community in this way? I would say first, I would say, um, seek God. Um, because that's who has helped me um, stay strong because it, and realize that it's not easy. You know, it, it's not easy, but it's worth it. It's worth it. One of the words that um, I got doing prayer was to let these young ladies know or let the children know that they are not forgotten. And so I think that would be the thing, biggest thing is to let people know that these children aren't forgotten and that they make sure that they have a passion for it and make sure that um, this is the path and their purpose in order for them to stick with it. And don't give up when things get hard because they will get hard, but know that each child is worthwhile. And if we don't give to them and show them a better way, how can they show the next generation? We have to help. I am so fascinated. (laughs) Look, we out of time, but I am so fascinated by this. Tanya, I am so thankful that you are created for such a time as this. Your purpose is amazing. If no one has ever told you this before, thank you, thank you, thank you for changing lives, for being that catalyst for change. And if nobody sees you, if nobody tells you thank you, you are simply awesome. You are amazing. You are a light. Um, You all can't see her, but I can. Just a bright light from the moment she logged on. Um, Been smiling the whole time. (laughs) So uh, she's literally talking through a smile. Um, I appreciate you for what you're doing, for for changing the trajectory of the lives of these children. Um, I am a person where without the Teen Parent Center, without my community of Baton Rouge, I honestly do not know what has happened to myself or my daughter because it was extremely difficult for us and for my mom who was single at the time. And so, like you said, a lot of us find ourselves in uh, predicaments that ultimately pivot us and help us identify our purpose. And I like the fact that you said to pray about it, to make sure that you help the forgotten, um, to make sure that what you want to do, if you think this is what you want to do, to make sure it's your passion, um, stay on the path, um, and to make sure that ongoing, that this is your true purpose and not to give up when things get hard. Because as you stated, it will get hard. That's yeah. I don't care what you choose. It will get hard. Um, everything in life has a cost. Literally everything, whether you do something or do nothing, everything has a cost. Um, but we are thankful to you to sacrifice your own personal living space 
to to go into this purpose. This is what stretching looks like. So often you all talk, hear me talk about stretching and stretching. This is what stretching looks like. And we are thankful that you have stretched. Uh, you are out here. You are a living, breathing example with living, breathing examples in your home as Beulah's Haven of what it looks like to see a dream not only carry out to fruition, but then these young ladies go out and they become mentors. And that is ultimately what helps us create better communities. Um, and so we're going to make sure that we uh, put you out there to make sure that someone else sees the work that you're doing. I know you, you're quiet with it, uh, but we're going to make sure that we make a little noise for you. So we thank you so much, so much for being on the Stiletto Talks. I'm I'm, I'm fighting back tears because I got to hold on to these lashes for the rest of the day. But I am so grateful because when I see people like you and I hear your stories and I hear what you're doing, you know that there are women that are just out there living their, their purpose. And, and I tell people all the time, it's not always pretty because it's not. There are some tears mm-hmm. shed. There's some frustration. And even for the Christians, it might be a few cuss words in there too. Now, don't get it twisted. <laughs> but the triumph and the good, when you know what your purpose is, doing good doesn't feel so bad. You know that you're going to always win. And we pray longevity and success for Beulah's Haven and for you, Tanya, for many, many years to come. We thank you for being on here. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, um, if you're listening as this podcast comes out, make sure that you check um, this out on iTunes, that you check us out on Amazon. We are on Audible. We are on Stitcher. We are on Google Podcasts. We are on any platform that you can possibly think of. Um, and Pandora, all of that. We we're all that. Uh, iHeart, all of that. So we thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Tanya, for being such a bright light for being on here. Um, the site is Beulahshaven.com. Again, I will make sure that when we put this out, the link will be there and it will have the hyperlink to automatically take you to the donation page. We want you to sow a seed into this amazing organization. Um, it's grassroots, as you heard, out the gate, she gave up her own home and rented a home because she believes so strongly in that purpose. Now, how many of you would give up your home to create something and not know what it's going to look like because this might go wrong. So this sounds like a lot of bootstrapping at first until you became 501c3. And we are just so grateful that you answered the call and it's going to be returned to you. Um, Good hearted people always win. Um, And so thank you so much for being on here, Tanya. Um, Thank you all listeners for constantly listening to all of these unsung voices. There are, there are giants that walk among you every single day. And it is important that you recognize them, that you honor them, and that you also lend a helping hand. Um, if you don't need help, your vision isn't big enough. So everybody needs help. Help where you can, do what you can, and always be on the right side of history by doing good. So thank you so, so much, Tanya. And for everyone, have a great day. Thank you.